0: Today's reading is Luke chapter 21 verses 5 down to 38 and it will be found on page 1056 of your Church Bibles. Some of his disciples were remarking about how the temple was adorned with beautiful stones and with gifts dedicated to God but Jesus says as for what you see here The time will come when not one stone will be left on another. Every one of them will be thrown down. Teacher, they asked, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign that they are about to take place? He replied, watch out that you are not deceived. For many will come in my name claiming I am he. And the time is near. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and uprisings, do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. Then he said to them Nation will rise against nation, and the kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, famines, and pestilences in various places, and fearful events and great signs from heaven. But before all this, they will seize you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and put you in prison. And you will be brought before kings and governors, and, on, and all on account of my name. So you, And so you will bear testimony to me. But make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves. For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You will be betrayed, even by parents, brothers and sisters, relatives and friends. And they will put some of you to death. Everyone will hate you because of me. But not a hair of your head will perish. Stand firm and you will win life. When you see Jerusalem being surrounded by armies, you will know that its desolation is near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those in the city get out. And let those in the country not enter the city. For this is the time of punishment in fulfilment of all that has been written. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. There will be great distress in the land and wrath against this people. They will fall by the sword and will be taken as prisoners to all the nations. Jerusalem will be trampled on by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. There will be signs in the sun. Moon and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. He told them this parable, look at the fig tree and all the, tr- and all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing drunkenness and the anxieties of life and that day will close on you suddenly like a trap for it will come on those it will come on all those who live in the face of the whole earth be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the son of man each day Jesus was teaching at the temple and each evening he went out to spend the night on the hill called the Mount of Olives and all the people came early in the morning to hear him at the temple please keep your bibles open
1: thank you Natalie now the children are going to go into their little, uh, hideaway around the corner uh, we'll still hear them uh, but we'll try and make a bigger noise uh, so uh, uh, Hopefully uh, we'll work hard at listening in to what we're meant to be listening in and uh, try and screen out the other sounds. We're in a small hall and we've got to make the best of it uh, and it's fun uh, trying. Now, just to say before I start that uh, after I stop uh, there'll be a chance to have questions, comments, um, uh, Discussion. I just don't ask me when Jesus is coming back, but all other questions are legitimate. All right. We're going to uh, have a think about those words that Natalie read to us, and we'll come at them um, when I've got uh, my own notes uh, in place. And we'll come at them by asking a very simple question: uh, How much does the future play on your mind? Um, well, I can tell you, if you ask me about today, uh, it's been a rush from one thing to another. I've hardly had time to stop and think. We were uh, all as a church plant in our mother church this morning, uh, reporting back, having lunch, uh, then out uh, on the doorsteps this afternoon, then back here. Tonight. It's just a, a blur. Uh, tomorrow is just a sort of a vague shape uh, in my diary. I don't quite know exactly. Uh, what's going to happen when I wake up. And people have said, well, you're going on holiday at the end of this week, so uh, are you all excited about that? Friends, I haven't got the start of this week yet. Uh, and uh, next the, the end of the week will come, and uh, that will be another time. So uh, most of us, I think, for the future, we're just living hand to mouth. But at the same time, I have to admit that while it's a rush, to go from one day to the other. I do also actually have some dates in my diary, in the future as well. So you do both. And come the summer, um, our children want to cycle from Johnny Goats to Land's End, and they want their ancient parents to be back up. And that's on my mind, because I'm worried about... uh, Uh, my uh, son, and how relationships will work out, because he is the world's best son, Um, and I've seen quite a few, but uh, we generally get on, and he thinks I'm the world's best dad, uh, when I buy him a meal, and we spend a whole evening together, every now and then, stick us in wet Scotland where we're weary. Uh, Who knows what the fireworks might be? So, it's in the future, uh, but it's on my mind. So my guess is, how much does the future play on your mind? Well, in one sense, uh, probably more than you think. In another sense, not as much as it should. So, we're going to be looking at what the future should be playing on our minds. And tonight... It's me persuading you that uh, from this passage, it's when we have one eye on the future that we can then have the other eye focusing properly on life here and now. Okay? So when we have one eye on the future, we have one eye properly on the present. And that's what Jesus helps his disciples to do if you come back to Luke chapter 21, and see them coming out the temple and gawping at its beauty in verse 5 some disciples were remarking about how the temple was adorned with beautiful stones and with gifts dedicated to God they're well impressed and Jesus in the very next verse gets them thinking about the future as for what you see here The time will come when not one stone will be left on another. Every one of them will be thrown down. See, when you have one eye on the future, you can have the other eye looking properly at the present and realizing that security isn't really security. For them, the temple spoke of permanence and stability and continuity and whatever else came and went, the temple would always be there for them. It had been there for hundreds of years. And Jesus is saying, actually, it'll only be there for another 40. In other words, it'll be gone just in one lifetime. Instantly... uh, one stone on top of the other Uh, that is uh, from Wikipedia if you took your camera to Jerusalem this evening that is what is left but actually if you'd taken your camera to Jerusalem in AD 70 you'd have seen the same thing then hasn't changed not one stone left on top of the other when the Romans came in and trashed the city and the temple so for us, looking at the temple, them looking at the temple is a bit like us looking at uh, St. Paul's, but not really, because for us St. Paul's has only been up for five minutes compared to how long their Jewish temple had uh, uh, existed for, but for us St. Paul's has withstood the blitz, it's been the unchanging dome on the ever-changing London skyline, and then imagine reading in tomorrow's mail that your grandkids will never see it or step inside. Bit of a shock, isn't it? And that's the sort of feel that uh, you have here. And it was a big message to the disciples and it should help hit home to us that security isn't security. Everything that's designed to show off the brilliance of man, everything that is uh, designed to... Uh, uh, look solid has a built in lie to it that it's going to last forever whereas the truth is everything that uh, uh, looks like that, that's impressive, that seems there to stay you could say what Jesus said about the temple not one stone will be left on another, beauty of a woman, the strength of a man the Uh, wonderful faithfulness of a relationship Uh, not one stone will be left on top of another you are the wind beneath my wings will one day become you were Uh, and uh, it's just strangely true that that's how the future will be cheerful isn't it Yeah. yeah wait till you get the rest of it now, the trouble is that when we lose our security and we're feeling a little bit insecure in that sense, then the temptation is to latch our security onto the next impressive offer of uh, help. And there's no shortage of people offering that kind of leadership to you in verse 8. Jesus said, watch out that you are not deceived, for many will come in my name claiming I am he, and the time is near. Do not follow them. In other words, they claim to represent Jesus today, they claim to speak in his name, they appear to offer his kind of help to you, here and now, that he gave to the disciples when Jesus was with them, and it's just not true. Uh, that's the billboard outside Beckantry station. At least it was until yesterday when they changed it. But the miracle uh, is uh, the latest offer. Um, it's the special offer of Dr. Dagnam this week uh, uh, in. Uh, a local school now what's deceptive about that offer is not that there are going to be people who will go away disappointed it's funny is it how churches that have healing services seem to have them quite regularly and the same people go up in the queue if you've ever watched now it's not that actually the healing claims are never quite the healing deliverers uh, that, that people promise but I'll tell you what's really worrying, what's really concerning is this, that behind that uh, offer is the expectation that things will get better for you. Just turn to God and the graph will go up. Your life will improve. Just go to God and things will begin to take off now it's that explanation that does not fit in with what Jesus says in verse 9 onwards if you have a look where things are decidedly going to be a change for the verse and if we're going to take the future seriously we have got to factor in two things first thing we've got to factor and that is that human rebellion is huge now the stats are wheeled out again and again to show us that our country is still Christian and there are still people who say they believe in God and they would stick C and E, C of E in the hospital form if they went uh, uh, for an operation. But Jesus warns his disciples in verse 12 that that is not what it will feel like on the ground. Before this they will seize you and persecute you and it's going to be a drop in the temperature as uh, the world's uh, rebellion increases. And you can tell how people hate God by measuring the temperature increasing against Christians by the number of court cases that you will find against them. So... uh, Interestingly, this week uh, there's going to be a, a court case in uh, Northern Ireland, and um, uh, what's happened there is that uh, a Christian bakery um, is um, a Christian bakery is being taken to court by a homosexual group because the Christian bakery refused to bake a cake with a homosexual slogan on it, or pro-gay slogan on it. And the Christian Bakery said, no, we won't do that, and this week they're going to be in court uh, for refusing. If they lose that court case, there are now a number of similar court cases stacked up and ready to go against other Christian organisations if they lose. If they win, it's only a matter of time before people will try another attack from a different angle. And at least we know about that one case. There are other cases that will never make the headlines in other parts of the world as the temperature goes up against Christians. And they are taken to court. And what's really surprising in verse 12, if you look closely, is where the opposition starts. It begins with those who claim to be God's people in the synagogues. And in his second book, uh, the one that Luke wrote called Acts, Luke maps out how the early Christians found verse 12 to be spot on when they were brought before the religious authorities and ever since then established religion has persecuted anyone getting enthusiastic about Jesus so that in Eastern Europe the biggest hammer blow on Christians falls from the Orthodox Church and uh, they get into trouble there now Religion starts wars, so they reckon. But it's half-truth. What Jesus is wanting to tell us is that religion starts wars against Christians. And it's usually the religious people that have started it. Now, it's not like they're the only ones. Uh, the authorities are mentioned. Uh, kings and governors are also there in verse 12. Uh, but usually they're second in the queue. And together they show us that there is a widespread agreement that actually loving Jesus is not great for society if it's going to live with different views and beliefs uh, in one place and together. The Christian bakery is persecuted with public funds. And verse uh, 16 tells us that... uh, there won't be many friends at home either. You'll be betrayed even by parents, brothers, sisters, relatives and friends and they will put some of you to death. And those of us who are Christians will know that in our families there'll be those who uh, have serious uh, worries about us following Jesus um, and will encourage us to stop. So it is a a, a truth overall that as human rebellion is huge, verse 17 is going to be proving true, everyone will hate you because of me. So you think, well, not much hope for us then, is there? Actually, there is a great amount of hope if you keep verse 13 in front of you because Jesus says, that these things are happening, Christians are taken into court, so that we can keep Jesus in front of the watching world. So we're not to spend ages thinking of how to defend ourselves in verse 14, in other words, to put ourselves in the best light, in order that we can get ourselves off the hook. No, God will instead give us all the words we need to put Jesus in front of people, and to show that ultimately, their opposition is against him. And one of the early Christians, uh, called uh, Stephen, showed, if you look at Acts chapter 7, how this was so true in his case. Uh, He was held up in front of uh, the religious authorities, and wonderfully He spoke so brilliantly about Jesus because God helped him and uh, he was able to put Jesus in front of uh, the leaders of his nation at that time. Now look it is lovely isn't it when mission happens through wonderful church organized mission events and we get the music right we get the refreshments afterwards and everybody's happy afterwards but you can't up the number of people there and it's mainly those who are Christians already that came what this passage helps us to see is that evangelism is increasingly going to happen in the places where Christians are under pressure often in a courtroom And that is certainly what happened in Stephen's court case as well. At the end of his court case, he was put to death, he was stoned, and that court case led to the conversion of the Apostle Saul, who did most of his evangelism in a courtroom as well. That's how evangelism works. It's different to the way we expect it to. It happens when people are disagreeing with us. That's when it happens best. Well, that's the first thing we need to understand. Human rebellion is huge, but God has it that way so that we get to evangelize more and the Christian bakery and its stand for the Lord Jesus and its desire to be like him is now in the newspapers in a way that this little meeting uh, won't uh, hit those headlines. The second thing to understand is God's judgment is huge. Now, I know it's a heavy read this week, but you pick up the headlines, don't you? It's tough following Jesus. You might die if you look at verse 16. They will put some of you to death. But then, interesting, it says in verse 18 that you won't perish. And verse 19 says, stand firm and you will win life. In other words, yep, there'll be people against you, but look, you've got the easy part. What's terrifying is if you're on the other side of God's judgment, the side that God's judgment lands on, that's the bit that you don't want to be uh, involved in. And that judgment of God comes in two parts. Uh, First, in verses 20-24, to there's the judgment on Jerusalem, on the city that rejected his son. In AD 70, uh, the stormtroopers went in and a million people lost their lives. The standing population in Jerusalem at that time was roughly 600,000, but because it was a Jewish feast time, they'd come in from far and wide, and they got into the city, and the Romans uh, came at them, and it was a bloodbath as God's uh, judgment uh, fell on them. The ones who tore down their temple were in no mood to show mercy to any of the people that got in their way. That judgment was huge in AD 70. Now, actually, at that time, the Christians in that city who remembered what Jesus said didn't do what people normally do in times of tension. In those days, if there was war, you went into the war city for your protection. In this case, they went the other way. They remembered what Jesus said in verse 21, and they eventually made their way, the history books tell us, into a city called Pella, and they obeyed Jesus and saved their lives in the process. <clears throat> But stay in the city, and the danger was huge. And then in verses 25 to 31, Jesus says that what happened to the Jews in Jerusalem is just a small scale replica of what it would be like when God brings his judgment to bear on the rebellion of the whole world. Now, Luke lines up those two events one after the other. To make the point of verse 32, that first there will be proof that what Jesus says about the near future will happen. So there will be some in this generation who won't pass away until these things have happened in Jerusalem. But that is so that the rest of the world will know verse 33, that therefore heaven and earth you can expect them to pass away, but never the words of Jesus because they will apply in the long term as well so history if you want to look at it like this, history is God's television screen to show us what the future will be like history is God's television screen to show us what the future is going to be like so what to do Well, it might be that if you're new to church, and this is all a little bit full on, and you wish you'd come back next chapter when Jesus is nicer, well, you're here today, so how do you react to this chapter with what we hear? The one thing we don't want to do is do the head in the sand uh, reaction that Jesus describes in verse 34, which is to go for distractions... Not to think about this kind of future ever taking place. Be careful, Jesus says, or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life, and that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. In other words, it is so easy to spend our lives uh, having romantic daydreams of sexual intimacy, of having the party life uh, bottle in hand. Or these days in our culture, our escape route is not always into a bottle. Uh, Generally, I think our bigger escape route is into food, Um, and uh, I catch myself going for that more than I do for drink. Uh, So that uh, uh, is uh, interesting. Or we have a whole variety of ways of coping with the anxieties of life without facing to the future of life. And therefore we don't think about what Jesus says because we fill up our lives with other things. Friends, it is really not wise to think that that is not going to happen to you when verse 35 is in black and white in front of your nose. For it will come on all those who live on the face of the whole earth. So, no exceptions. So, it's much better to listen carefully to words that will not pass away and then to ask Him to keep you safe, even though there might be flack from people around you in this life. And He will keep you safe on that day. So that verse 19 will be said of you, stand firm and you will win life. My friends, not next chapter, this chapter is where Jesus is being nice. It is not nice to let people stumble blindly into oblivion. It is nice to explain what the future will hold. So if you're new, take the words seriously before the distractions begin. If you're used to church things, friends, can you see how easy it is to sign up to the wrong contract, to sign up to the offer that tells you that you come over to our meetings and follow our little way of doing things, and life just goes up and up to bind to a Christianity that offers a better life, who, in the words of verse 8, will say, uh, look, uh, uh, I speak in the name of Jesus, and I can do things in the name of Jesus. And everybody is triggered to react to, in the name of Jesus, and it's where the false teachers have learnt the language and speak it well. And you can say that it's going to be a popular option in Dagenham. Many will come. That's the uh, reality of church life today. That's a serious deception because ultimately it leaves us unprepared to stand firm against the opposition that comes to us from the world. And it can also leave us critical of believers whose loyalty to Jesus gets them into trouble because well, they must be doing something wrong to end up in court. And we therefore begin to lose sympathy with them. Now I think probably it would be a good thing to keep this little one either in the room behaving or outside the room uh, where she's not a distraction. Now the truth is that there is no remedy to get ourselves out of the firing line if we take Jesus seriously. If Jesus did all the good that he did and ended up on a cross, well then, there won't be a Christianity that won't be opposed. And often, by the world, which is led by a worldly church, which is where the opposition will come from. However, I mean, what happens if you want to follow Jesus and you feel sometimes that you are on the losing side and that it is just too hard and too difficult? And we go around our stage as we have done this afternoon, we had a full range of reactions, haven't we? some really encouraging uh, people not in go back again this afternoon they're still not in other people friendly once cooler now there's a whole range of different activities Uh, lovely the Redfords here um, for the first time and uh, we've uh, had a chance to get to know him a bit but the Redfords are few and we have Uh, visited uh, uh, over a thousand people and keep going Uh, what do we do when we hit that kind of discouragement when even our family might think that we're wasting our time now we'd love to do our evangelism in church wouldn't we we'd love the estate to come in here and we'd have an evening like this and what's not to like but the passage tells us that evangelism is likely to happen in hostile conditions. And we need, therefore, to stand firm in loving a world that hates us and Him. That's what they're called to do. That's what Christians are called to do in London. We are to love a world that hates us. That is our task on this estate. And when Jesus comes home, every eye on our estate will see what we're doing is worthwhile. We just need to keep one eye on his return. And if things get worse for us, rather than better for us, It's just more confirmation that Jesus is right and worth doing what we're doing rather than being put off because we think somehow something's gone wrong. So in the words of verse 36 pray that we will fear God more than man and escaping his destruction more than escaping man's discouragement. Because my friends, one day you will see in front of you the man who was spat on and despised and the world will see him as the most glorious figure in the entire universe. And you will be seen as the glorious church standing in front of him. when we understand how we have been rejected in the same way that he was and now in front of a watching universe you be called out to stand in front of him to share in his glory it's not the time to stop is it well it is in terms of preaching sermons uh, but uh, good to pray that we'll carry on let's do that Uh, As we finish, our Father in Heaven, we do want to thank you that you tell us about the future. And we thank you for your control over the future. Uh, That even when things go badly wrong, you turn those into opportunities where a watching world sees more of you. And we pray that that will happen in Northern Ireland and across the country as people report what happens there. And we thank you, Father, for uh, the truth that uh, we endure hardship but we know safety. And we pray for your grace to continue loving those who might reject us, still concerned about the greatness of their rebellion and the greatness of your judgment on that rebellion. Please help us to uh, not grow weary in taking the news of your future to every door on our estate, that there might be those who stand with us in the glory of the Lord Jesus when he returns. And we pray that in his name. Amen. Amen.